Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, December 11th, and this is your FT News Briefing. It looks like a Brexit deal is farther out of reach. There's now a strong possibility that uh, we will have a solution that's much more like an Australian relationship with the EU than a Canadian relationship with the EU. And the EU released its Brexit backup plan. Plus, Airbnb had itself quite the first day on the public market on Thursday. And then we'll take a closer look at the EU's ultimatum to big tech companies, either police the internet or face big fines. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The clip you just heard about the UK's future relationship with the EU, that was Boris Johnson. And in simple terms, he's telling Britain to prepare for a no-deal Brexit. The two sides are still hung up on the terms of EU countries fishing in UK waters and the question of a level playing field. And as one of Johnson's allies bluntly put it, they aren't moving at all. It's screwed. Now, this bleak assessment came after the EU published emergency plans in case of no deal. Jim Brunston is back on the briefing to talk about the EU's plan B. Jim, what did Brussels lay out yesterday? So it's actually quite a short list. And so what the European Commission came up with and presented was one on air transport. So basically planes will still be allowed to fly across the channel. You're not going to have an instant breakdown in passenger and cargo flights by commercial airlines between the the EU and the UK. They published one on road transport. And so it's to basically make sure that hauliers have the right to drive from the UK to the EU. And there's one on fishing rights. It's a short-term solution to try and um, make sure that both sides can have access to each other's waters, even if the trade talks break down. Now, there's a couple of things worth mentioning about all of these. So one is these are unilateral actions. So it's things that the EU can do by itself. But by definition, that means that for them to actually avoid problems, you need the UK to reciprocate on a lot of this stuff, right? So the EU is saying, we uh, we will take a short-term measure to make sure UK fishermen can still access our waters. Well, you know, that's great and all, but what the EU really wants is it wants the UK to do the same thing. Jim Brunston is our EU correspondent. Thank you, Jim. Pleasure. Airbnb's first day of being a publicly traded company went well. So well, it even surprised the company's CEO, Brian Chesky. So I I don't know what else to say. It's that that's a that's a a very that that's um, that is I'm very humbled by it. That was Chesky being interviewed by Bloomberg's Emily Chang early yesterday morning. And to be fair, it was the first time Chesky had heard that the share price was on the brink of opening more than double from the price set the night before. Airbnb shares ultimately closed at $144 each on Thursday. So is this genuine investor enthusiasm, or is this just froth? The FT's Richard Waters is here to talk about it. Richard, how can we explain Airbnb's performance yesterday? I think um, enthusiasm, froth, I don't know quite what word you want to sum this up. But there's one very simple explanation, and that is just the sheer weight of cash that's loshing around in the global markets right now. And in a an economy and a stock market that is not in great shape, if you find one or two great investments, or people think they find one or two great investments, the money is all rushing to one place. And you know we've seen it in Bitcoin, we've seen it in Tesla's stock price going through the roof. 
And now we're seeing it in IPOs. On Wednesday, we saw DoorDash, which is a food delivery company that really makes no money, shoot up 86%. And, you know, that's a company now worth more than $70 billion. And there's no way that intrinsically these companies are worth it, at least at the stage in their existence. Just a sign of the hot money that's looking for a home. And yeah, and there's been some words to describe what's happened with DoorDash and now Airbnb, froth, um, fears of a bubble. And a lot of people describing it as a similar scenario to what happened in the late 1990s before the dot-com bubble. Um, Is what we're seeing right now similar to that? You know, the kind of sustained market-wide bubble that we saw at the end of the 90s was really a very rare phenomenon. It lasted years. I think the real question is going to be, you know, what does the world look like in one, two, three years' time? If the global economy is still flat, if interest rates are still very low, if there's still just an awful lot of money out there and people with money are just getting richer, then, you know, we could indeed see something fairly substantial take place over a longer period. But, you know, right now, I think it's just way too early to call. Big tech companies, including Facebook and Amazon, will have to take more responsibility for policing the internet. If they don't, they could face fines of up to 6% of their turnover. This is part of a long-awaited overhaul of EU internet rules. Brussels plans to publish the draft law next week. Javier Espinoza is our Brussels correspondent. He's been covering the EU moves to rein in big tech. Javier, the EU is addressing everything from responsibility for taking down illegal content to how to curb the growing market power of big tech. What prompted this review? Well, there's a feeling in Brussels and elsewhere, including in the US, that these large platforms have become too big to care. So they are seen as not paying their fair amount of taxes, invading people's privacy, crushing rivals in the process. Is what some people call winner takes all, meaning that by the time these platforms become so big, There's really no other alternative. So you're really stuck with just a handful of choices. So at the same time, these rules that we have for the internet here in Europe were created two decades ago, where some of these large players either didn't exist or were in their infancy. So regulators here see an urgent need to overhaul the existing internet rules. Now, Javier, what are the main points in the draft legislation. What the EU wants in particular is for the bigger platforms to play a more prominent, more active role when it comes to policing the internet. So for example, if you think about political ads, the EU wants users when they log on to Facebook to have information of who is behind this political ad, for instance, Why are you being targeted specifically? Big tech companies as well will have, as an obligation, because so far they do it on a voluntary basis, vet third-party suppliers. The second part is they are setting up criteria to see who will be captured in in what we've called a a hit list of so-called gatekeepers. These are platforms that own the market, but also sell on the market. But the new proposals will have a blacklist of don'ts, for example. Platforms will be banned 
from, for instance, if you are on your own platform and you're Google and you have a shopping service to highlight your own shopping services at the expense of others. But there will also be a white list of actions so that the EU will encourage these platforms to share data with third-party vendors if you're Amazon so that you're not hogging all the information in your own benefit and at the detriment of your competitors. So Javier, this comes in the same week that the U.S. filed two antitrust lawsuits against Facebook. Um, it, it feels like we're in a bit of a moment. H- how do you see things? Definitely, you know, these people don't work in isolation. They also, like us, use Zoom and WhatsApp. And I know regulators around the world are having very active discussions about how to go after big tech. But some people, there's two schools of thought. There's some people that think that this comes a little bit too late. Um, uh, Apple already owns all the cool apps that you will ever use. Amazon is the preferred place where you go and do your shopping. You know, we're, we're not talking about multiple alternatives for all of these things. And so some people think that no matter what regulators do, you know, it's just too late. Others think that we still have time. So there's precedent here in the EU. This is not the first time that Brussels has gone against uh, big tech. So there is evidence that you can, with intervention, with antitrust intervention, rebalance the market. Javier Espinoza is our Brussels correspondent. Thank you, Javier. Thank you. And one more thing before we go. The U.S. is one step closer to a decision on a COVID-19 vaccine. A panel of scientific advisors to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration endorsed the Pfizer-BioNTech jab last night for emergency use. This clears the way for a final decision from the FDA, which could come in the next couple of days. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Fiona Simon and me, Mark Filipino. We had help from Gavin Coleman, Michael Bruning, and Amy Keene. Our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.